0: Welcome to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One, where I talk about geocaching and my adventures with it. You have been listening to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One. Feel free to reach out to me on my geocaching profile page, Shadow Dragon One, or at geocacheadventures.org. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and thank you for listening. Before we get started, I'd like to apologize. There was some interference in the background that I wasn't able to pinpoint the source of and also with it being 4th of July, there are fireworks going off and unfortunately there may be some background noise and interference that I was not able to correct during post editing. Uh, My apologies for that. I hope you still enjoy the show. At this point, I have found 132 caches and have hidden two. I know I'm still new to this compared to those with hundreds or even thousands of finds. So it might seem odd that I'm handing out advice for beginners. But maybe it's not. Since I am still new at this, I've searched the internet and read social media posts and articles that I find in search of advice and tips and tricks to help me in hunts for geocaches. I thought it might be helpful for anyone else out there who is still new to share the stuff that I have found helpful. Some of this may seem obvious, but maybe not to everyone. The most common advice I have seen and heard is to always bring a pen, or pencil, or sharpie with you, or one of each, or even bring two pens in case one doesn't work. Not all caches are large enough to be able to hold a pen, and even if they do, you don't know if the pen still works or is broken or missing until you get there. Some COs, cash owners, get frustrated when they see a new digital log that reads, didn't have a pen to sign, but the cashier logged it digitally. Now, some COs don't, if this is the case, but I have heard from some that it bothers them and even a few others that said that they will delete a find if the comment left says they didn't sign the physical log because the cashier didn't bring a pen. Pay attention to the difficulty and terrain level. If you are new to caching or are caching with young kids, it's recommended that you stick to the lower level terrain and difficulty level. A park-and-grab cache that is quick and easy for experienced cacher can prove more challenging for someone just starting out. A hint left by a CO is great, but you may find more helpful information in other parts of the cache page. Always read the description before trying to find the cache. Sometimes the description will give you additional information about the area the cache is located at, such as nearby parking, if a bushwhack or long hike is needed to get to it, if the cache is only accessible during certain hours, if it's intended to be a night cache, or other valuable information that can help lead you to the cache, like what kind of container you're looking for. With puzzle caches, it is especially important to thoroughly read the description, as that is what typically leads you to the puzzle. Read the activity log. The activity log can often be a great source of additional information. For starters, if there are several DNFs logged, you may decide not to go after that cache. Other information I've seen can be anything from a picture of the cache container which is helpful if you have no idea what you're looking for and the description didn't tell you or if the posted coordinates are off or the container is damaged and needs maintenance. If you are writing a log, be mindful before posting a picture of the container. Some COs will post in the description that they do not want pictures of the cache posted and will remove them if posted. So please be mindful of that. If you do post a picture of the container in the log, Don't post one of it at the spot you find it. Remove it from its hiding spot first, and then take your picture if you're including it in part of your log. Reach out to other cachers. Whether you have trouble finding the cache, solving a puzzle cache, or just need some advice, reaching out to other cachers is a great tool. You can always message the cache owner or someone who has previously found the cache if you're looking for a hint or have a question about the cache. I have done this a few times and usually can get a response from either the CEO or another cacher if I'm in need of a hint or help solving a puzzle. Do keep in mind that if you are out at the cache and send them a message, they may not be able to spot to you right away. It's possible You may not hear back at all, but there's no harm in trying. Another great way to reach out for help or advice is social media. Facebook has all kinds of geocaching groups, some dedicated to beginners or puzzle cache help. Bison tubes are a common container for micro, but not everyone knows how to replace the log correctly. When you replace the log, roll it up and place it in the lid and then close it up in the tube. This prevents the edge of the log from getting jammed up in the threads. I had found a handful of such containers before I came across this tip on Pinterest. The next time I came across a bison tube, I tried the tip and it was so much easier to get the cap on because the log didn't get in the way. Always put the cash back where you found it. You may think you can hide the cache better, but it doesn't matter. The CO put it there for a reason, so please put it back. As a CO, it's very frustrating when I go check on my caches and find them in a different spot than I placed it. If something about the cache doesn't look right or you think it might be out of place, snap a picture and send it to the CO in a private message. The private message will ensure you don't give the cache location away by accident. Cache safely. Sometimes we end up grabbing a fine when we weren't planning on it, and it is what it is. But if you're planning a day of caching, there are a few basic outdoor safety tips to keep in mind. Make sure you dress for the weather and area you're caching in. If you're planning on a caching adventure that you know will require hiking and bushwhacking, you may not want to be out doing it in open-toed sandals and shorts, or you may end up with some unplanned blisters and scrapes. Learn how to identify poisonous plants such as poison ivy and poison oak. Otherwise, your find may also lead you to an unpleasant rash. And don't forget your bug spray. Mosquito bites are unpleasant enough, but ticks and chickers are even worse. A great way to get rid of any crawling hitchhikers before you get into your car is to take a lint roller to your clothes. The sticky tape will pick up any ticks crawling on your clothes before they bite or find their way into your car. Make sure someone who's not going with you knows where you plan to be. This is especially important if you're out cashing alone, but it's also a good idea even if you're cashing with a friend. You never know what might happen when you're out hiking or driving around. It's good to make sure someone knows your plan in case you get injured in the woods or end up in a fender bender on the way to a park and grab around town. Google it! There are resources out there for geocaching. A lot of information can be found on the geocaching.com blog, but there are other sites as well such as geocachingtoolbox.com which has links to tools for converting different coordinate systems, distance calculators for midpoints and intersections, downloads for printable geocaching logs, and different encryption and code deciphers, to name a few things. There are also articles on sites such as REI.com and SmarterHobby.com, for example, about geocaching with different information, from the basics of what geocaching is and how to get started, to caching with kids or placing your first find. I will post links to a couple of the articles in the show notes. When you get to the cache coordinates, put down the phone or GPS and look around. GPS accuracy can vary between devices. Even the most accurate devices have an accuracy of plus or minus 16 feet, which means even with a highly accurate GPS device with a strong signal, the cache could be within 16 feet in any direction of the posted coordinates. That's assuming the posted coordinates are dead on. So put away the device and look up, down, around, and all over. Look for something out of place. Nature doesn't stack rocks or sticks in neatly organized piles. If it looks like it may not belong there, it could be the cache. Before you go sticking your hand down a hole you can't see in. use a stick to check the area out first. That way you won't get bitten if you accidentally find a snake while looking for a cache in the woods. Try different cache types. While traditional caches are the most common, you may find you enjoy multi-caches or earth caches more. But the most important tip may be to remember to have fun. It is a game after all. I know how frustrating it can be when you're at a cash location and you just can't seem to find it. Take a breath or take a knee and try to look at it from a new perspective. But remember, it's just a game. Keep trying and don't give up, but it's also okay to log a DNF and come back another time to try again. I want to thank everyone on Facebook and Instagram that responded to my post of, if you could give a newbie one tip, what would it be? While there were a lot of comments, several of them were similar to each other and to the outline I had planned for the show, but I picked a few unique ones to highlight. From Facebook, Phil Wilder wrote, Use waterproof log sheets and bring some along to help COs maintain their caches. Jim Lanzico's, I'm not sure if that's the correct pronunciation, wrote Don't find all the caches in the immediate area around where you live. You'll want easy caches available nearby in bad weather if you're going for a streak or you're trying to fill in a calendar day. As an add-on to Jim's comment, this is also good for if you need a cache for a special souvenir day and it's bad weather out. Kim Smith Riggs wrote, Main thing we are told by caches when we first started. If you really enjoyed a cache, it was more fun and creative than an average pill bottle in a bush, please write a little bit more than TFTC. I know us COs love it when people log a bit more, especially if we've tried hard to make it more fun to find than average. You don't need to write a story, although those are fun too, but like one or two sentences about it is always nice for the CO and even cashers behind you also. Happy caching, you'll be hooked fast. From Instagram, Fuchsia's Cashin Pandas wrote, take your time and enjoy every journey. Gardener Chick 13 wrote, After you search for 30 minutes, try shutting your eyes, open them, and it's usually right in front of you. Warning, this part of the show contains spoilers for the cache that is about to be discussed. The cache was called As Easy As It Gets Number 2. Cache ID G-C-4-T-V-M-B Difficulty Rating 1, Terrain Rating 1. The description read, This is a simple park and grab, it is wheelchair accessible, it is a perfect cache for beginners. Good luck and happy caching! Congrats to N0WNV on FTF. Hint, none needed, but if really necessary. Can you give me a light? While out on a recent caching trip, I stopped on the way home and picked up a lamppost cache. When I scrolled through the activity log, I noticed that it was a recent hot spot for newer cachers. A lot of people had commented that it was their first find or how hard it was and how long it had taken them. My first instinct was to think of how easy it was, but then I thought back to my first lamp post cache and felt differently about all those logs. When my son and I set out to find our second ever cache, we targeted as easy as it gets number two. I figured it would be quick and easy. After all, it was in the name. The cache coordinates led us to a lamppost in a cvs parking lot we parked nearby and walked over we got to the lamppost and had no idea what we were looking for i looked up and down the post for a magnet but didn't find one we looked around on the ground and didn't see anything i finally thought to look through the activity log and found a picture someone had posted of them holding the cache which was a small prescription bottle I stood there with my son at a loss as to what to do, feeling discouraged. The thought of if I couldn't figure out a 1-1 rating, how was I supposed to find any cash at all? Running through my head. I took a breath and tried again. I knelt down to get a different perspective and realized the skirting around the base of the lamppost was loose. I lifted it up and there it was. We found the cash. My son pulled it out and I signed the log for us. The park and grab took us a good 10 minutes to find and now we can find them in seconds. You've been listening to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Facebook page. Do you have a topic you'd like to hear discussed? Do you have a geocache adventure you would like to share for the cache highlight? Would you like to be a guest on the show? Reach out to me at geocache.adventures.podcast at gmail.com or on the contact page at geocacheadventures.org. You can also check out Geocache Adventures merchandise by visiting the store page at geocacheadventures.org. Thank you for listening, and I hope you've enjoyed the show.